Okay, welcome back to Whatever Process Podcast. So in this episode, uh, we will uh, continue our lesson about case interview in the chapter two. Maybe I will review uh, some material about uh, chapter two, the seven types of evaluation tools, and then uh, in this uh, chapter we will uh, in this chapter divide it into. Uh, two types the first is quantitative test quantitative assessment and the second is hypothetical situation case interview and then in the quantitative assessment the format number one is the quantitative test format number two the estimation question and then the hypothetical situation case interview there are uh, the candidate that case interview and then we will continue to uh, learn about format number four is the interviewer led case the interviewer that case interview so we will start also the interviewer that case interview requires the same problem solving skills as the candidate-led case interview, the dynamic between interviewer and the can- and candidate differs significantly in each instance. McKinsey uses use the interviewer-led format nearly exclusively, so you will want to familiarize yourself with how this format is applied. These two distinguishing features are as follows: the interviewer not you determines which parts of the case are important, decides which questions are worth asking, asks you those questions and then expect you to answer them. In contrast, in the candidate-led case, in the candidate-led interview, you decide which questions are worth asking to solve the client's problem and you find the answer to your own questions. The flow of the case is very abrupt. If a case has four key areas, in a traditional case, you will determine which of the four areas is more important. Analyze the first area, move on to the second most important area, determine your conclusion, and present that that conclusion in the important and why, and then, regardless of how you answer, say, let's tackle area number four. This can happen even if it's off, that area was less important, this important in an interviewer led case you jump around a lot uh, which can be unsettling if you don't anticipate it happening format number five the written case interview in a written case interview you are given a lot of charts and exhibits expect somewhere between 5 and 40 typically you will be given an hour to two to review all the information and then you will be asked to take a written test about the case. Other variations include starting a case in written format and finishing it in another format, such as group or presentation only case interview. And in format number six, the group case interview. In a group case interview, the interviewer presents a case problem to you and typically three under candidates. The interviewer gives you gives you and your teammates several exhibits, poses and open-ended questions and expects you to work with which other to solve the case. Hint, uh, you do well in this, in this case by helping your competitors, the other candidates do well, not by shooting them down. 
format number seven the presentation only case interview the presentation only case overlaps partially with the written case as in the written case interview you will typically be presented with a large stack of charts and exhibit given an hour or two to analyze the information and then be expected to create a slight presentation of your findings and recommendation after preparing your presentation you meet interviewer for the first time your presentation is the sole factor the interviewer uses to decide whether you pass the case the interviewer never observes you your analysis or problem solving skill only how you present the results of your analysis and problem solving the next section covers how to handle quantitative assessment and the rest of the book describe how to handle hypothetical situation or real case interviews I will start by introducing you to some funda fun foundational concepts and tools and, uh, and then tackle the various case interviews formats. Let's get started with quantitative assessment. And then we will continue part 2, quantitative assessment, chapter number 3. Okay, McKinsey problem solving test. Uh, many firms use problem solving tests to evaluate a candidate uh, math, logic, and analytical skills of the major firms. McKinsey headed in this direction first, and Ben and BCG have experimented with this approach in some countries. Because other firms' tests are similar to McKinsey, I will use the McKinsey problem solving test as our primary example. The McKinsey PST doesn't require you that you be business savvy in order to perform well. It is a primarily a math estimation, logic, and critical thinking test written to be accessible to people with a business background and from a variety of countries and cultures. In some respects, having some business background could be a bit of a liability in this situation. Someone with an analytical and logical bent will take the question and data literally, which is good. I suggest you read each question carefully. If you rush, you might think a question is familiar and quickly answer the question you think uh, is be being asked. Instead, answer the literal question being asked using the actual data presented. And then, uh, how to prepare in preparing for the weekend CPST? Consider the following suggestion. Take sample tests from McKinsey and some of other firms that use a similar process. The upside, the upside is that these are the most realistic representation of the results. The downside is that there are very few simple sample tests available online, so you likely will go through them quickly. Practice some of fundamental skills that the McKinsey PST evaluates. One of main skills evaluated is how to solve uh, math word problem. A verbal description of a situation for which you have to figure out uh, the type of math competition required given what is asked. This general skill is very useful on the job as a consultant. Another fundamental skill is data interpretation. You have data in charts, graphs, and tables, but what does it mean? Which data is necess necessary to answer the question? Which data is just a distraction? 
Math and numerical critical reasoning skills are like muscles. The more you use them, the stronger you get. To sharpen this skill, I recommend using a subset of questions from GRE practice test. So, uh, I have a book of uh, GRE test uh, that I booked uh, maybe three years ago to prepare uh, for uh, applying in MIT, but uh, I think I must do. I must uh, read a book again and then uh, try to solve the problem. If you become extremely proficient and efficient in answering the straightforward math questions that are, relatively speaking, easier to prepare for in advance, you maximize the time you have available during this test to answer more complicated multi-part questions that require math computation that has efficiency and critical reasoning skills. Not that, math, not that the math, numerical critical reasoning, and data interpretation practice resources have with only 50 to 70 percent of the test. They do not cover the whole McKinsey PST. Practice the speed and accuracy of your arithmetic. The McKinsey PST is a time test designed to identify only those who are very good at math and logical thinking. Even if you are really good at math, you will barely finish the test. Even if you have a PhD in physical math, it is very important that you practice your math competition. I have received many emails from engineers who had 4.0 GPS in school and didn't pass the PhD. Flex those uh, math skills often and they will only get stronger. Practice resources because this test effort of overtime. I have resources get on my website with up-to-date links to practice resources, sample question and sample test. I also provide a tool to help with arithmetic speed and accuracy. This is a tool I developed for practicing the first, arithmetic for speed and accuracy, both very important on the McKinsey PST, and the second, estimation math with large number, useful for solving some of the McKinsey PST word problem faster. When precise math isn't necessary to answer the question, and just an estimate will suffice. This tool compares your math accuracy and speed to those of other uh, website members and to my own test results to give you an idea of how your math skills compare you to your peers. Okay, I think uh, that's enough for this episode. Uh, and the next episode we will learn about estimation question uh, chapter number four and then uh, maybe I will uh, visit the website uh, that references from this book okay uh, thank you for listening and see you on the next trip yeah like the trend if you uh, if you use the trend in Indonesia and then a uh, large range, maybe from uh, Jakarta to East Java or uh, Central Java, you will uh, often listen about uh, thank you and see you in the next trip. Okay, thank you for listening.